Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we in the house for episode 93. Man. Yeah, woo. welcome back. Closing in on that centennial, bruh. It's getting close. Damn, dude. A hundred of these things. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be a nice little milestone. And I appreciate everybody who stuck with us from the beginning. Show for sure. We can only do this because of you guys. Yeah, man. All the support. You guys are really... You guys are really encouraging us to to take this to to bigger bigger and better things. So this is a, definitely for all you guys. But yeah, man, it's been a pretty eventful week. Uh, you been have anything going on? No, I've just been uh chilling, chilling. You know what I mean? That's what's up, Staying man. Low key. Yeah, there's been a bunch of shit going on. I'll start out with the video game news. Uh, fucking, there was two stories that had caught my eye. The first one was uh Sony is starting to to release. Uh, the benchmark pricing for their games and now they're starting to say that yeah get ready for $70 games I'm just like yo this is fucking crazy because you know they're gonna use the obvious excuse that oh we gotta cover production costs yeah, no system. But, but all of these games have microtransactions they are monetized like the the profits they make from video games these days are so astronomically higher than the profits they were making back when games were all physical you know what I mean? And had much longer development cycles. Because, like, if you look at Final Fantasy games, I mean, 15 had an extraordinarily long development cycle. <laughs> but that was because it, 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 it was trying to employ a games-as-a-service model. Yeah. That was part of their plan. Like, it would, you know, to make a, a really big game, they would come around every two to three years. You know what I mean? Now, now you have AAA titles dropping every year. Sometimes some companies might drop multiple a year, depending on if they have uh, concurrently running uh, franchises. And so, yeah, you know, it, the idea that they need to jack up the, pr- the price of video games to cover production costs is crazy. They should actually be dropping because of how much more they are making post-sale. They're making, they're making a lot of times three, four, five, six, seven times the price of the game in microtransactions over the course of a, the life of a game. You know what I mean? And that's crazy. And their production costs are going down, not in terms of design, but in terms of physical uh, production. They don't have to produce as many games. And they can still sell them at full price. So it's like, yo, these niggas is getting egregious with it, man. Like, as much as I would love to support consoles, you know, in perpetuity, I don't know, man. It just it, it just seems like you're better off going to... And, and not to say that digi- uh, consoles don't have digital... Um, digital only uh versions but i don't know i i I haven't um indulged in them enough like you know the new xboxes and playstations that don't have disk drives but i don't know i i think i might i'd rather just play on my computer if that was the case because you can get a controller hookup for your computer you know what i mean like what is the point of consoles you know, like Sony has the entertainment center thing going around with it. Xbox also can be used similarly. But if that's the case, then I'm probably going to be moving away from console gaming and then creating entertainment centers, something more geared towards, you know, my personal taste. Because, you know, a console is nice and all, but it, it, it it's not yours. Like it's it's the interface that's presented to you. But, yeah, I thought that that was interesting. I think that it's a bad move. Um, I think that, especially, and, and gosh, can you imagine paying $70 for an NBA 2K2 2 uh, or whatever? I mean, uh, when they're just rehashing the, the blanket games? Hole, I'm never going to buy that game. So yeah. I, that's, that, that's neither, I can't really answer that uh, like unbiasedly mm. because that's never a game that I'm ever really going to pay. However, 
I am very likely to play mm-hmm. or, uh, or 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 buy a, a good um, adventure game or things like that. So I don't necessarily. I'm as usual with me. I don't mind spending my money as long as I'm getting um, my money's worth. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never gonna play those types of games with microtransactions in it anyway. So for any AAA titles that that you know, what I'm saying like when the new Star Ocean comes out, as long as it's, as long as it ain't got microtransactions in it, and that's I my fear. That's that's my fear is that that's that the that the games that we typically would associate with single player experiences that have contained experiences within the game itself that don't require you to put real world money or even fake currency into them. Those games are going to be taken over buy the cosmetic transact like you know all I of that stuff you, but which, that that we are accustomed to playing and getting through achieving things in game are not going to be there they're going to be microtransaction i mean i feel you but like well for me personally that wouldn't be much of what's different than like right what's happening right now because as you know um it i think i've yeah. only played one game from this year you mm. feel me all the games that i have that are Ghost from like the last three years i haven't even played that yet i haven't started that mm-hmm. yet I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the mm. only game from this year that I've played. So, you know what I mean? That's from last so year, stuff like that, Feel me? Yeah. So stuff like that really doesn't, um, like, like I feel you if you're playing, like, a, a ton of games and shit like that, or, or a lot of different genres. Like, if you play, if you are if you like EA games, it sucks to be you. <laughs> um, but, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, 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 I I'm pretty sure that the next, from what I've seen of the next Square game, that's gonna be dope. And Square's console games don't really mesh with um, in-game purchases like that. And I'm pretty sure their their fans would definitely not go when, for that. When it comes to Square Enix, especially based on the fact that they just released a AAA title and it didn't have the insinuation of so many tra- microtransactions, would say that yes, as a as a development company, I think that uh, Square Enix will not be as susceptible to that. But, but you know, they're, I think not all the people games. that be fucking with the, that be playing the game, that be making the games that I fuck with are like that. You feel okay. me? So it, it, it's like if you play shooters, you're sucks for you. Yeah. If you play sports games, if you play mm-hmm. like stuff like that, then the odds of you having like a game Animal without games. Yes. Does Animal Crossing have microtransactions? I have no idea, but I can see it easily being I can, accessible yeah. to do that. I can, you know what it, mean? I can see it being very monetizable that way. Yeah. So, um, Caroline yeah. plays it and she never puts any money outside of the, the purchase and she has tons of stuff. She has a lot of fun playing Animal Crossing. So I don't know. But also, isn't Animal Crossing, um, isn't that, uh, did I start in Japan or am I tripping? Is yeah. That, Animal that, Crossing? Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, See, Most that, of the player base is outside the U.S. Yes, if that's yeah. What you're um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I remember that being big before the the current before its um modern reincarnation. I'm pretty sure that came from Japan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, th- these Western countries they're mad greedy. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, it's not necessarily that Western countries are mad greedy. Is that their um constituents don't hold them to any? Oh, not constituents. Their consumers don't hold them to any sort of like rigorous standard Mm -hmm. so they sell out super easily but in japan you can't really do that because you know your fan base will be rabid in there you know yeah they and and also they have so many options as long as there's someone as long as there's someone who's not doing it they're probably making a good enough game for you to 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 satisfy yourself with without having to indulge in those kind of predatory game practices but um i mean i mean gotcha systems came from japan so we can't 
Yeah, that, that's all them. You I know, mean, we, this is true. We, we got the loot boxes Gotcha from Systems the came from Japan, but it was the West that made, made it, it parasitic and oh, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? It worked just fine in Japan until yeah. it came over here, and then we applied the like Western consumer what, was mentality. It, was mentality it us or was it China? It was Kim Kardashian. That's... Kim Kardashian in one mm. weekend changed the entire face of what mobile was it, gaming. Was it Candy Crush? Nah, she created this game where you can buy um, clothes online through mm. the game. And like something over the course of a weekend, that game made something like, like I think the game literally made like a million dollars over the course of like a weekend, and that was a wrap. The minute Ish. that happened, everybody and their money was like, "What the fuck? There's this much money in mobile games? I had no idea there was this much money in mobile games." And then it just started the snowball effect. Like, like, like thing I've been saying, you can't unteach murder. So once <laughs> once someone learns how to kill the beast in that particular way. And they realize that it's successful and there's no real obstacle to it other than getting into it. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then it was just a matter of time before every every other industry was like, oh, no, we're behind the ball. We must catch up and do that thing. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. That, and then that's actually and, and that leads to a deeper conversation into the flaws of capitalism. Like it, it because of the competition that that is going on between the companies, like instead of just being individual companies attempting to please a consumer base and then maximizing that for profits they're used because of them the precepts of american capitalism they view the competition with the other companies as primary and and in pursuit of that they're willing to institute a lot of shitty game methods to keep up with them you know what i mean and and of course the finance industry that backs video game companies doesn't help the situation by siphoning out all of this money. So what ends up happening is, is that you could, and we've seen it happen with, with video games. They sell profitably and the company still goes, goes under. under. Mm-hmm. And it's because th- all of the finance capital that went into <laughs> it, which is valuable. And that's the part that, 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 that I get, I get, I get called out for is like, you don't va- value the, the mode of production. You don't value the capital that goes into producing things like good songs. And, and I, and it's not that I don't respect that. It's that I don't value that as more than the actual productive value of making said thing. So I don't I, I do see the value in the financiers that 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 give money to the indie developers to make their games, especially when they come out good. What I don't feel is that the that then entitles the financier to 85 percent of the profit. And then the distributor gets 10% of the profit and the indie gets 5% of the profit. And then guess what they do? They manage to pay everyone for the game they just made and they have no capital to move forward. And you know what I mean? That That's not that's not fair. Like, that's not valuing the mode of production or the financer. That's overvaluing the person who's doing the least amount of work in this whole thing. They had the money. It was just a, they didn't do a whole lot to get you that money. You know what I mean? Like, especially when we know that a lot of these, these financing companies, they make money off of the interest in the money that they already have invested. So it's not like they're doing productive things to make money. And then they're loaning out that money. You know what I mean? Like, like how like a Jay might, he's made money in his empire and then he might invest his money that he worked for into someone. And so it'll be a very, you know what I mean? He'll be a lot more mindful. And on top of that investment, no, these companies are just generating capital from from you know interest on their investments and then they're using that to take over or or siphon out or over exploit the indie developers and it's destroying the 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 creative environment you know what i mean not that and that's not to say that no good games are made i'm just saying that it's it creates a burdensome environment 
for the creators. And that's unnecessary because it's profitable without that environment. But uh, the deeper critiques of capitalism in the entertainment industry. <laughs> but yeah, there was that going on. And then you have uh, Nintendo forcefully taking action against Smash Brother, uh, uh, um, Smash Brothers Melee and Brawl tournaments. Because That's I guess evidently, weird. Since the tournaments have moved online, some of the participants have taken to using emulators, and Nintendo does not support that. So instead of you know finding ways to crack down on people yeah, using emulators, the they just ban the fucking <laughs> tournament and say you can't hold the tournament. <laughs> and it's like well, the community's yeah. like, what the fuck? I don't need what. Man. And then and I mean, this company has been hosting these tournaments for five years now. You know, faithfully and openly and in, in cahoots with Nintendo. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, this, the, the, the open disdain that these companies have for the people who generate their communities. Once again, like, I get that it is Nintendo's game and they have the right to control its distribution. But the tournament holders aren't the ones distributing emulators, nor are they capable of cracking down on em- people who utilize them. As long as they aren't breaking tournament rules and they're not using modified versions of the game, that then yes, they 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 allow them to participate. And so, it, for Nintendo to attack the tournament holders because of their uh, ineffectiveness at moderating um, emulators online is really fucked up. And and just once again, it's just these companies, man, just have no respect for the developers or the community. Like that's the thing is, is they have this paternalistic idea that they know what's best. And that if you don't like it, shut up and take it because you have no authority or ability to alter our behavior. And it's like, man, I guess you can you can take that stance. But in my opinion, I don't think that that is going to garner a a, a um, consumer base that is sustainable for them. I mean, they have one. And no, the, as long not, as they market the kids, they're definitely them, um, cutting off their nose despite their face at this point. That's, I feel like that's, that's really what's going silly. On. And I feel like the fan backlash is really not worth it from whatever amount of whatever you were losing from the fucking emulator. It, it was and, and the brawl community is is m- and well between melee brawl and ultimate, they are the the funny part is is that none of those communities actually play the other games, and so they're not getting the combined user base. You know what I mean? So those games actually don't have as big of a user base as let's say a Tekken. Because people who play Tekken 7 will also play Tekken 6 and Tekken 5 and Tekken 4 with no major issues for the most part. And so, like, those games uh, will have a a large carryover community, but Melee can't do that. And Nintendo refuses to, to facilitate healthy community engagement. And so, yeah, they're suffering for it. They're spiting themselves in their conducting of their, their, uh, their community cultivation in such a way. Yeah, that's definitely nothing new with Nintendo, though. Yeah, that's sad. Because I've always a huge disconnect I, between. The I have liked Nintendo's products way. in large. Like I, I do like a lot of Nintendo products, but boy, is that company not give a fuck. But yeah, other than that, uh, as always, there's a bunch of crossover between entertainment and politics. So let's hit that before we move on into the uh, <laughs> the general uh, political uh, debauchery that's been happening in front of our very eyes. Um, it came out that 
the owner or one of the founders of BET has been a Trump supporter, a long time so Trump supporter, which I no think leads there. to a narrative that I've, that I've always believed that BET is actually an anti-black organization. Yep, Aaron Magruder tried to tell us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Their their treatment of Aaron Magruder, their perpetuation of of just a disregard for for their role as a gatekeeper in the culture. Like BET, I think overall uh, does not does not deserve, nor do they operate well as uh, a gatekeeper, because that organization has the ability to to very profoundly and positively affect the 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 community and culture. But I've always felt that there was an underlining uh, just neglect of that responsibility. And now, and this would be as to why. It's because the person who runs BET, whether or not he's pro-black, anti-black, he is a capitalist and he does not believe at all. He believes that the political expedience of his dollar is worth more than your freedom, life, and liberty. And as such, you can't trust a, a company like that to produce the entertainment that kids are consuming. No way. And 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 it makes perfect sense as to why they'd be so willing to 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 portray detrimental images in in favor of their bottom line, because any mindful organization would probably take steps to not do what they do. But they open, and and that's why they get support from white networks. That's why major uh, uh, cable carriers carry them is because they perpetuate a negative image that the that can a make money. Primarily, it makes money, but secondarily, pollutes the minds of the people who watch it. And so, yeah, I think that this is proof positive of that of that inference on my part. That if the person who founded it did not find it with your best in, found this country, um, this company with your best interest in mind, then it's probably okay to assume that they are willing to feed you toxic and 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 negative images to increase their bottom line because we all know that <laughs> you can produce very terrible images and garner profit from them that that is that that is something that is right uh, the internet has proven that to us shock value sex all of these things uh they are they will garner you uh eyes but what they will not do if not mindfully projected to the people is they will not foster uh, a, a healthy image of the people who are being presented on that on that uh that network and that's just my opinion but yeah i thought that that was real interesting um that he's not only, and he's a big time supporter like he was he was pumping money which means that if you're supporting bet you're passively supporting trump because he makes money off of it and then he gives that money to trump and so, you know, we, we just got to be mindful. We got to be mindful. A lot of these these organizations that are responsible for pro- projecting black images into the into, you know, um the social sphere aren't doing it with 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 mindful intent or positive intent. That's for sure. Um there was that. And then oh man, I felt bad for Meek. Felt bad for Meek because he was ex- he was uh, expressing some of the sentiment that I was expressing um, last episode 
in uh in reference to uh you know kind of requiring that these guys settle their beefs before they get into contracts so he went on the social medias and was like yo i know mad talented niggas in philly and this is my word to y'all if y'all stop the violence i got i got late uh record years for all y'all these niggas didn't take kindly to that which i'm just like wait what i don't see where he crossed the line for them you know i i from what i from what i got from the responses was they feel like he was being dismissive of the fact that these beefs have real origins which is understandable that doesn't mean that there isn't a necessity to get past them like you can have very real grievances and also have a very real need to get past them both of those things can exist at the same time and if an impetus to that is to say hey if part of your grievances is that you got to live in an environment where these people are present and they make it unsafe for you, well, then here's a record deal so you can get the fuck out of that situation or whatever, even if that's not what you want to do. The idea that someone trying to incentivize you to be peaceful is somehow a sellout or a bad person is wild to me. Is wild to me because it's not as if me. I don't believe he was being disingenuous. I believe he was being very genuine. Like, I believe that if given the opportunity, Meek would sign some of these guys and try to to get them popping. I mean, he's got dream chasers. I mean, he has a track record with putting his people on. So why in the world would they be attacking him as if this is some kind of disingenuous attempt to 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 um, deflate the, the realness of their of their beef? I think he takes their beef very seriously. And that's why he's trying to do what he can as a rapper to help. Like, as a rapper, what else could he do? What else do they want from him? Or or, or they expect from him or anyone well, else that helps? that's the thing, though. They don't want his help. That's the thing. True, you feel me? Rule number one of trying to save people is you can't save everyone. And trying to save people who do not want your help is a waste of your yeah, time and resources. You're right. So it, it's best to just let me let the people who want to hear that message from me hear that message and come to him. You feel me? Let everybody else, unfortunately, like until they put that shit away on their own. And like like they said, right now it's too real for them to do that. And un, un, unfortunately, they're just going to have to grow until they, if they get grow enough to a point where they can like make their way past that you know what i mean so yeah no i i and, and make for it's doing very that, paternalistic though. to think that everyone wants to be helped and you're absolutely right and that's that's a perspective i didn't take until you said that and i can understand that but boy they were like yo don't come back to north philly i was like damn <laughs> holy it just, i also, just felt like it was such like a, hood a, mentality a, is rife with toxic ment- toxic masculinity you feel me mm-hmm. that's like one of the driving forces of like hood mentalities i'm the best don't nobody know better than me i'm the belly baddest <laughs> in the streets i know what's best for me the bravado you know what I'm saying? yeah you know what i'm saying and and also being a rapper like encourages that you know Absolutely. what i'm saying part of being a rapper is like saying that you're the best and going out there and proving it every single time that you're required to do so so you know a lot of these things clash with personal mm-hmm. growth absolutely <laughs> and it's funny so as you, it's you know just, what? that's a perfect you know, segue into the next segment the verses uh, between Jeezy and Gucci. Yeah, I was that. That How was that good. I it was enter- it was good. I I was very entertained. Uh they came with different mindsets. Um but of course they both got hits. So if you came here for the music, mm-hmm. you definitely got served. I personally 
had Jeezy on top, and I was trying to be as fair as I could. I was given Gucci points, but I had it scored at um 14-6. Um, I personally, because, okay, when we're talking about verses, we're talking about hits and popularity and the feeling that the songs are giving you. Maybe not the best songs, but in that microcosm of song versus song, which one made you feel better? Okay. Or which one was more popular? You know, those are kind of metrics going into our decisions. And so Gucci came. Yo, Gucci was wild disrespectful, bro. <laughs> this like the first track that he played wasn't even like a, a radio track or a hit or it wasn't even a B-side. It was just a diss track to Jeezy. Off rip. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the... Setting the tone. The first two tracks were disses to Jeezy. And it, and it was like, it felt like Gucci was coming off with that bravado, like, listen, I'm going to just throw these first two tracks away just to insult you because I feel like I could win. <laughs> That's how it felt. And I'm like, damn, Gucci got that energy, bro. And nah, and one thing I got to give him, yo, Gucci's drip was on 9,000, my drip, my dude. <laughs> Gucci's drip was stupid. I, yo, Gucci, I mean, and I'm not a dude who's big into fashion and all that shit, but yo, Gucci's outfit had a nigga like, damn, I got to step this shit up hard, bro. <laughs> Cause that yo fresh to death yo and and it, and it was my style yo like it it was it was it was a little bit monotone I don't like a whole bunch of colors and shit but right, it was well right. put together it was it was fitted I was like yo Gucci and it was funny because and I'm glad he did that because this nigga was on IG talking mad reckless like yo I know this shit is about the music but if Jeezy come wearing that same old dusty ass hat and jacket I ain't doing this shit <laughs> which I thought was hilarious that shit was stupid <laughs> but nah he came out dripping bro. Oh, it was funny because Carolina, <laughs> Carolina was sitting across the room and she looked at the the TV and was like, damn, I can see his teeth from here. <laughs> that nigga's grill was blinging. <laughs> but yeah, yo, Gucci came with, with a performance. But dude, halfway through, this nigga just started getting super disrespectful. He played The Truth. He played several tracks of, of his diss tracks later on. And just like, at one point, Jeezy had to stop it and say, yo, when I accepted this shit, I accepted it because I was willing to dead this shit. You could clown if you want, but I, I'm here to let you know I'm the hardest nigga in this room. And I was like, all right, <laughs> nigga. That's, but Jeezy was grown man about it because Gucci was being invective. <laughs> this man was provoking him. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I wonder if that was if that was performance or... Because I've definitely met people like Gucci that even in this sight of, of, of that they should absolutely not be behaving the way they are, still maintain that, nah, nigga... I'm going to sit here and poke you. I'm going to sit here and prod you. I'm going to sit here and insult you. I'm going to sit here and talk about your dead homie. I'm going to sit here and repeatedly say that your shit is old and whack and you don't got to know who hits. Like, I was like, oh, my goodness. This nigga Jeezy is just chilling. But, you know, honestly, Jeezy behaved perfectly. Right. Because he has fucking nothing to prove to this nigga yeah. or the world. It's been proven. And Jeezy solidified. That, everybody knows when you hit niggas on TV, you lose money. Like yeah. the instant your fist touches his chin, you just lost somebody. You got to pay a fine. You got to pay a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You got to go through a suit. It's not worth it when you're that level. When you have really? as much money as, as them niggas, like what, what is the point, bro? What, what is we sitting here and really like this is supposed to be, that's, that's that, at the end. And the, well, that's why mm -hmm. I didn't want that to be like, I didn't versus is such a dope thing for like black culture and like celebrating artists that I didn't, I, 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 don't, I don't ever wanted to turn into like the bad part of Coonery. like clashing from like Jamaica, you yeah. know, like how when clashing get real bad, 
And then the artists and the people them can't get along. And really, we just come here to get a show. And, and the artists the aren't happy. even beefing like yeah, Beanie and Bounty. Like, the and artists stopped beefing years ago. That too. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, come on, man. Like, let's just dead this shit and get money. Like, what the yeah. fuck is we doing right now? Real shit. And not for nothing. I think, I think Jeezy understands what happened. Jeezy understands how street niggas behave. Fuck street codes. Fuck respect. He understands how street niggas behave. If your mans rolls up on another nigga with the toolie and gets shot dead, you might mourn your man, but he definitely instigated that happening. And I can imagine that Jeezy's like, if a nigga rolled up on me with the tool insulting me and I thought he was really serious about it, I would shoot him too. And so, as much as I don't want to fuck with you because you murdered my man, this is how this this is this is how this happens. This is not a this was not a surprise. Anyway, if you explain these sequence of events and just omit the the the, the consequence of the events, everyone will be able to tell you exactly what happened in the end. No one no one has a figment in their head that that was going to end in anything other than violence, which is why there was so much trepidation coming into this. It, but I think that Jeezy has no interest in perpetuating a beef, a violent beef with with Gucci, knowing that even in his own mind, you can't step to nobody like that. Even if you're my mans and I want to have your back and I want to see you win, if you go to somebody who you know is armed with a gun and pull it on them and they shoot you dead, how am I going to go start a whole, now we got a block war? Like, that don't make no sense. That don't even make no sense. And Jeezy is clearly... Before, though. It has. No, no, it has. And I'm not saying that it's not... It doesn't occur. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at Jeezy is too far removed from that situation yeah. to start that shit. That don't even make sense. Well, this nigga is getting married to some fucking 20-something-year-old light-skinned girl. I think he's got time to fucking... <laughs> don't got no time for that. here with you, like... Doing Ain't that nobody got no time for Rehashing old shit. <laughs> nigga, that was weeks ago, bro. Like... Nigga. We, we, do we come here to get money or what? Are we fucking acting like kids on television? Yeah, man. So, yeah. That was a celebration. Atlanta was the big winner here. It was it was a great production. Shout out to Entertaining you. music. Jeezy smashed it, as I assumed. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was good. It was good seeing them two up there, and in the end, they performed so icy together. You could tell that shit was fake as fuck. That was a, you will ne- that 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 was a moment in time, like because you will never see that happen again. These two men in the same venue singing that major blockbuster smash hit that they had together. That will never happen again. So that was a moment in history. Nigga, they had like two million Instagram, my nigga. So I can only imagine, yo, the memes were epic of uh the Apple servers under heavy heavy stress. <laughs> Bruh, it was hilarious. But yeah, that was that was a good time. All right, so yeah, now to move on into the uh depressing uh analysis of our political week. Uh let's start out with Oh, you know what? There was another little uh, crossover. We had Obama giving his uh, stellar analysis of why uh, the black vote seemed to have increased for Donald Trump, which once again is is a is a false narrative that's being created. Black people still overwhelmingly by eighty percent plus voted for Biden, so it's not like. It's not like he made traction in the community. Like, 20% is not traction in the community, my nigga. 
if if four out of every five people don't agree with it, that's not traction. You know what I mean? And so it, it, the, the the idea that that we need to now start accounting for this is bananas. Is bananas. The fact that people are making hypothetical analysis of why people individually and and I and I'm telling you the same reason why people voted white people voted for Biden against Trump is the reason why the minuscule amount of black people who voted for Trump voted for for him is because they were is an anti vote for Biden. <laughs> it's not like there's there's a very very small constituency of people of black people who actually support Trump, but there is a, a larger constituency of black people who don't fuck with Biden and they're not going to take the okie doke and. And, and speaking of the okie doke, we're going to get into Biden's transition team in a minute. Case in point. So now you have Obama trying to, to account for that minor uptick in support in the black community. By saying, oh, it's it's the rappers. It's it's the it's the celebrity worship of rappers and, 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 and faulty culture. And it just it just says to me so much how we 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 failed by putting obama in office we failed we failed supporting obama was a failure of the black community i don't know how much of it is worth the image for young black men to see a successful black man when that successful black man doesn't fuck with them there's no amount of obama shooting three-pointers that could could assuage the disrespect he has for the community because that is a disrespectful thing to say. To disavow the very real issue that a lot of black people have with Biden. To say that it's because of celebrity worship of rappers that 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 garnered him support. That's some bullshit. You know, like and I and I was talking about failed gatekeepers. Obama's another one, man. He's the he's the political BET. That nigga just is <laughs> is so bad about about being a a, a, a a an uplifting force in the community, I don't see him as uplifting. He does he 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 did very little to 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 uplift the material circumstances of black people, and he absolutely is disparaging in how he talks about them when it comes to his political analysis of of of, of their participation in the system. And 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 it's sad because it's so unnecessary. The, the capitulation to disparage the black community by Obama is so unnecessary because they're the ones who support him. The only reason why he has any influence in politics whatsoever is because of his, his, his overwhelming support from the black community. And so for him to disparage his base, to, to please white people and to massage the egos of shitty fucking uh, uh, campaign uh, 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 advisors and and people who did a poor job in turning out the black vote. It's just ugh, it's it's terrible. It's really bad, and and it just once again shows how corrupting the the crossover between politics and hip and 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 entertainment is. Like it could be it could be a very influential uh, marriage of 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 industries, but it's not. It's not. It's been more detrimental and deleterious to our community than anything else. Well, I wouldn't say than anything else, you know, <laughs> institutional racism is probably worse. But when it comes to our contemporary situation and what we can do to get out of it, it stifles it. 
having gatekeepers like Obama stifles our ability to get out of the contemporary situation that we're in. But yeah, moving on from that, you know, I'm looking at the 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 feedback from what's being put out about the people who Biden is um considering for his transition team. Uber exec- executives, Lyft executives, Disney executives, DuPont rec- executives. DuPont is one of the worst companies when it comes to to environmental uh, uh, regulation and and being violators of environmental uh, regulations. And guess what? Now they have an exec in the EPA, or they will have an exec in the EPA if the Biden transition goes through. It's like, holy shit. He really is going to sell us out, dude. He's going to sell out the black people. And I don't think Kamala can save us. I don't think that I don't think she has it in her to do what it takes to actually because of the amount of influence she has right now in the transition team by her own admission, I don't think that she is I don't think she disagrees with with putting these kind of people in in places of power. It's very problematic to have Uber and Lyft in the administration. These companies are the ones that are being regulated by the government. You cannot put them in power to dictate the regulations over their companies. You can ask them for input. I'm not saying they shouldn't have input. They're, you know, they have the most data on their industries and so, yeah, they should have input, but they should not be in the cabinet directing the way and course of our future. We are fucked. We are fucked with Disney execs in the fucking cabinet. This is going to be a shit show for the next four years. And I'm telling you, it is going to push this country over the edge. And we have the top cop. Over here backing him up. This shit's gonna get ugly. And while I I I I believe that they do that they might actually believe in a decrease in the presence of of physical police uh agents, they absolutely believe in transitioning to a surveillance model. And it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be an unfounded shift in, in American life. And it's not gonna and it's only going to feed the fears of the 50 or 45 or whatever percentage of the country voted for Trump. It's only going to drive that rift deeper. And 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 all of this shit that Trump is doing to try to decertify the election, putting his thumb on the scale in places like Michigan, having Lindsey Graham try to persuade uh, election uh, uh, um, election officers to to not validate counts. It's crazy crazy you know and so it's gonna be volatile and 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 i i really hope that that everyone is aware that we are not out the woods yet by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to a getting any kind of governmental assistance in terms of uh uh controlling the pandemic and b the necessary reform to have this government be functional. We are not out of the woods yet at all. And it ain't looking good. It really isn't. I don't, I don't see the preponderance of evidence that I would need to see to, to believe that 
hope is merited in this situation. I just, I just don't. This shit is crazy. You know, I don't know. I don't know how we move forward, even though I have been seeing a lot of conversations by content creators in reference to is electoral politics our way forward. And overwhelmingly, I I see a, a lot of people, at least on the, the, the socialist left wing end, coming to the conclusion like, oh, you know, national politics most certainly can't be the way forward. If we're anything beyond electoral politics uh, in your municipal or even maybe even state government doesn't outside of that the electoral politics is not an effective way to get change for the better and and that's what i've been trying to get at is i'm not saying that an electoral system by its own nature is ineffective i'm saying that we haven't done the work to build a community that can partake in electoral politics in a healthy manner and so that is going to be our way to liberation is building the communities and building that foundation so that we can now partake in the electoral system with all of the experience and knowledge that we have. But unfortunately we've broken down that, that, that base of, of, of solidarity that people have around, you know, communities and, and, and national, you know, identity. We don't have that anymore. That national identity is fractured between, you know, your progressives, your liberals, your right-wing extremists, your conservatives you know, there's just that national identity. Like, there, if you were to talk about the the body politic of America, it is not a monolith, and you kind of need a certain type of monolithic solidarity to be able to effectively participate in electoral politics without it being exploitative. Or else, what's going to end up happening is that you're going to get disparate groups who leverage power to disparage other groups for exploitation in that electoral system. That's what that's we've seen that it matures to that way. I'm not saying that it has to end up that way. I'm saying that in our system, that's the way it's come. And we should probably move away from that and do the work necessary to actually engage with it in a genuine way. But yeah, I mean, Trump has done so much shit to fucking, uh, to gum up the whole, the whole, uh, uh, transition process I'm wondering This nigga has been doing all kinds of crazy shit To try to instigate war Which is why he's been firing the military officials Who have not been supporting his 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 warmongering around the world And I don't know Do you think that he's spiteful enough To start a war with Iran to tank the administration Yes That's what scares me Because either way whether If, if starting a, a starting a war is a win-win for him Either he transitions and it and it severely hurts the next administration, or it scares people enough to 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 allow this decertification crap to happen, and he stays in power. I think that it's a win win for him, and that is a bad thing. That is a very bad thing because if it goes up to if the certification like the process goes to the up and you know this if the adults would step well. There are any adults left in the room? I, I don't know. It should it should be far more difficult to start a war by your damn self, regardless of which head of state you are. I but, agree. You but know, this nigga is wild, and there's crazy people. Who yeah, follow that, him. that's why I said if there are oh. any adults left in the room, because <laughs> if this guy tries to bomb Iran or something of that nature, first of all, it's the kind of attack that would garner support in this country. 
the crazies in this country that voted for him absolutely believe that Iran's a big enough threat to attack, which is crazy and wrong, but they believe it. And I don't see them having a problem with utilizing that as a as a reason to to postpone the election or postpone the transition, because I think that that's where his play is right now that he's trying to make. He's just trying to he's trying to push the transition back until he can find a way to 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 undo it altogether. And mm, I don't know. I think he might be successful. I don't I mean, see enough. Come on, trans- let's not let's not. I'm pretty sure Joe wants the job, and he's also been in the White mm-hmm. House before. So let's not pretend like he just doesn't exist and he's just going to like, oh, well, I guess I'll just let him take it. I just don't see I don't see him doing anything to counteract Trump's plan. For sure. I got you. And and, and, and on top of that, these assholes just gave him a huge opening because they use this company to certify the election called CrowdStrike. You might have heard of them on this podcast before because they are the same company that that was called for corruption in the Ukrainian election earlier this year. So that is immediately going to be the Trump's the Trump administration's uh, uh, stance is that the Democrats use the company known for election fraud to certify the election. There's no way we can go forward and say that that's. That yeah, that's, I, I got uh, you. Grifter's going to grift. There, you don't think he's that not going to change? I feel All like I'm that's going to be an effective is, argument. Um, who knows? Like at the end of the day, I think everything that comes out of his and his team's um, uh, camp is like just bullshit on the face of it. And anyone with, like, in any position of power should be able to be like, you know, that's bullshit. And judges are finally doing that now. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, like, Biden's team definitely has a vested interest in taking over the position. You yes, know what I'm saying? And while I, I, I do agree with you that you don't see them doing anything outwardly that suggests that they're um, countering that, that doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. True. For the, that's, this is one of those things where, yes, they are trying a soft coup. It's probably best not to tip your hand if you do have mm-hmm. a, a foolproof strategy. You feel me? But either way, whether they, regardless of who I really hope is, the country is the same to me. So You know what I worry? I worry that they have faith in the Supreme Court, that they think that the Supreme Court ultimately is going to rule on the side of law. And I don't believe that. I, I believe if they let it get to the Supreme Court, it's too late to act. That's the tipping point is that once it gets to the Supreme Court and, and that is what I would be looking for on their behalf. Not that, that I know the only path forward for them to win. I'm just saying that for me to be able to to actually like get behind a strategy they're using, I'd have to see them doing something to prevent it from getting to the Supreme Court. And unfortunately, there is nothing that can stop it from getting to the Supreme Court because the power, the president has the power to push it to the Supreme Court. And his lawyers are very effective at pushing things through courts, regardless of whether they get a, a, a judgment in their favor, they can get it through the courts. And getting it through the, the lower courts to the Supreme Court, because the Supreme Court is the court that he is most effectively packed. And that is a problem, is that if the Democrats think that their, that their firewall is the Supreme Court, then they're literally planning for him to score. If they're like, hey, we're going to put our defense on the one-yard line, that's that's a bad way to place your defense. And I, and that, based on who they are, that sounds like the kind of defense that they would use. Kamala Harris would be like, we're protected by the, 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 the Supreme Court judges. And I'm just like, what? You mean all the Supreme Court judges that owe their nominations to him? Hmm. Okay. 
This is going to be interesting. All of these courts, speaking of which, he just added another uh, judge to the court, probably the most unqualified judge to ever be uh, appointed to a court, Catherine Mizell. This this is what I mean. And, and, I, and I commented on this before, and I'll say it again. Strong men appoint unqualified people because in their state of being unqualified, they will rely on whoever gave them the position to guide them through it. And that is bad when the person guiding you through the position is a narcissistic sociopath. That's a problem. Or an administration of narcissistic sociopaths that support one bigger narcissistic sociopath. But unfortunately, we have a group of people who are governing this situation who are unreliable actors. And they are appointing other unreliable actors to to do their bidding. And I just don't... The Democrats have always been so bad at doing this. Like, they just elected Nancy Pelosi back to be speaker. The person who has aided and abetted everything that Trump has done. The most disassociated member of Congress that 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 I can imagine. She is completely disassociated from the people. The one who sits who says that, yeah, my my twenty thousand dollar fridge full of five thousand dollar gelato, you know, like everyone else has. The person who says crazy shit like that is is not the person that is going to guard our our our, our freedoms and stop Trump. He's gonna run roughshod over her. He's going to run roughshod over the rest of our, our government the way he has been. The Republicans are going to capitulate. The, the QAnon supporters that got elected, all of these crazy anti-maskers who, are, who, who, who keep on equating wearing masks to fucking slavery, all of these fuckers, unfortunately, they're in positions now to validate his, his fucking coup. And I, I, I refuse to call this a soft coup because he has, he's been firing military men and installing military men in their position that have his that 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 support him it's 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 still armed robbery even if i don't shoot you if i point the gun at you that's armed robbery so it's an armed coup if he's if he has militias and 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 radical right-wing factions supporting him this is not a soft coup he said several times he's got the tough guys on his side he's this is a this is a hard coup this is a real coup and the fucking average American will not engage it as such because their leaders aren't engaging it as such. And so, no, I don't fucking have any faith whatsoever that they actually have a defense against this shit. Because if they had a defense against it, it would they'd be putting they there's the Trump administration would have to be moving around it. The Trump administration is just steamrolling ahead with their plan. They haven't had to change course for anything. And and so I just I don't I don't know man it seems real real not uh 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 good it, it seems very much like they are not going to advocate for the public good when I say they I mean the Biden administration because they haven't set themselves up to be able to they've done they've done nothing to deal with the fact that the that the transition team has 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 uh stonewalled even giving Biden fucking briefings. They've stonewalled the briefings. The ones that Donald Trump doesn't go to. It's like, there's no, we're talking about the who, the adult in the room is going to have to step in. What happens when the adult tries to step into the room and the door locked? They, there's not an adult in the room and there won't be an adult in the room. But I don't know, man. 
I don't know. It's it, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Um, the the uh, the use of companies like CrowdStrike, the terrible, terrible transition team picks that have been nominated, uh, the, pulling from for his cabinet from the intelligence agencies, just doesn't bode well for me. Just doesn't bode well for me. I don't think it's going to end well. But, you know, and I think that that speaks to a larger issue that we need to to address. Because I was talking about this earlier. And I think that it, it, especially with Kamala Harris, you know, checking off every single box you might want to check off in terms of identity politics, is we have to move away from this idea that representation is is everything. It's not. It really isn't. I've 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 seen some very well-meaning people who don't fit the demographic breakdown of the oppressed people. I feel the statement representation and everything is an inaccurate representation of representation. (laughs) You feel me? It is. is. I think that um, yet there may be people who are abusing representation, the importance of representation for uh uh, uh to, to you know for for their own negative purposes but mm-hmm. um you know you yourself have advocated or even stated how important um um representation is so i just it is it and and i'm not saying that representation is important just, I just want you to make yeah. make the nuanced statement yeah, yeah. that's all you no, know no, i'm about mean? to clarify it's that it's not the only thing and at best it's 50% and the other 50% is the substance of the character of the person that you're referencing because that is the the issue with representation is that if the representation aspect of it is if the getting a black woman part of it is the only important part, then would we be happy to see Candace Owens be vice president? If all that matters is representation. And I'm pretty sure the resounding answer is no. And so we while representation is important, we cannot elevate that above the content of the character of the person that we're talking about because the content of the character of these people and while in america we love to be non-judgmental supposedly quote-unquote air quotes about about people's private lives when it comes to public office that is the most un-american thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> no oh, no no dude you can't judge him for oh, and i should say anyone that, who more says that is definitely not it's doing it in good faith at side. all on the liberal progressive side, they like to say we we need to come closer to the middle and we got to work with both sides. And and it's like, I hear you, but what is the content of the character of the people that you're working with? When you're making a broad tent, what is the content of the – we don't want and, – and, and that is another statement onto itself about the, the, the bigger tent. But that goes hand in hand with when you're, when you're trying to give inclusion to minority communities – that is an identity politics-based maneuver. And we cannot let that identity politics, which is, you know, the cornerstone of representation in, in any given industry, we can't let that be the only thing that we care about. Because then we, we are not critical necessarily of the people that represent us or that, that, that diversify that idea of representation. I really appreciated the idea of Obama and I thought it could be very good. But as we go forward, 
the same children who look up to Obama are going to be faced with a reality of what he did and what he didn't do. And is that going to destroy their faith or is that going to bolster their faith in the idea of who and what they can be? That's my question. I don't know, but that's my fear. That's my, that's, that is why I believe this is a topic that needs to be addressed is because we need to, we need to, to hammer that out because if we don't care then about the content of these, these people, then we can't be surprised that in the future, if it turns out that these people's legacy isn't positive. We can't be surprised because we're not going to be the ones who get to write that history. We never are. And until we put ourselves in that position, we're going to have to deal with the fact that we have all these people in which we would like to hold up into a great light, but the only claim to fame that they have is being the first. I mean, Obama has the the Affordable Care Act as part of his legacy, but even that is marred with, 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 with tons of scandal and just general ineffectiveness. And that's not just because of the removal of the individual mandate. Like, if, if that was the cornerstone of the entire thing, then clearly you had alternative motives because the whole cornerstone should be the coverage of every human in America. That should be the cornerstone. Not the requirement that everyone subscribe to a insurance provider. That's just two different things, especially when the insurance providers that that you have been ushering people towards are are are, are providing the lowest tier of medical service humanly possible. They literally are like you have better medical services in Cuba than you do in America. That's crazy. Now you do get isolated spots of 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 uh, specialists and some really unique care, but that's the minority. If you're looking at our healthcare system that deals with the vast majority of the United States, it's at a very low level. And if you want to get out of that tier of medical service, it's very expensive. And that's what Obama was supposed to be fixing. And even in his term, when he started that Congress and when he started his first term with with all the houses behind him and a full you know, a, a full deck stacked in his favor, he ain't do shit. He put through a lackluster Republican health care plan that didn't actually change much of the material standards. Yes, it helped some people, and it didn't help the majority of people. And that's that's a problem. That's a problem. And instead of saying, hey, this is how we can make it better based on those those things, all Obama has ever talked about is... The Republicans blocked me. And, it is, and, and and this is what I mean. I would rather not have him represent me. I just would rather, I would rather, I would rather the continued whatever, you know, just old white men until we can get someone substantive in there. Because now we've used up that opportunity. That first opportunity, that first spot is an extremely important spot. And you don't want that person who occupies that spot to be the first person to also do nothing from from your community. And that's the problem. You know what I mean? So, yes, I agree. It has to be more nuanced. It's not that representation is nothing. It's just not the only thing. And we have to be more critical of the people who we who we allow to be our representatives or else we're going to look bad. We're going to look bad. 
You know what I mean? Because we know that these people help create the generalizations that are projected onto the rest of the black community. You know, whether for for better or worse, you know, you shouldn't generalize people like that, but we know that it exists and you got to do that because you don't know everybody. And so you're going to try to draw from your experiences to determine how you might assume this person is going to behave. And so, yeah, they create perceptions. They are very public figures. And so if they're creating a perception of us that we're, we're, we're ineffectual, then that's not a good thing. If they, if they create, if they create a, a perception that, that, that we are really good panderers and not very good politicians, then that's not a good thing. You know, I don't want the, I don't want the first African-American woman to in, in, in the VP spot to also be the hardest on crime. Is that what we want to project to, to young women that if you want to be successful, you should be a hard ass on your own people? Should be unrelenting in 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 understanding their positions in life and and the struggles that the average person deals with. No, I don't want that to be the representation that 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 are and and that might just be me, but it's something that we should talk about because I don't think a lot of people in our community in the African American community want that to be the image. We would have preferred to have maybe and even for better or worse, a Stacey Abrams or or a Nina Turner. You know what I mean? Like, there's tons of women who who could who could fill that role who are authentically part of the community. Why couldn't we get that to be our first? That's why we need to be more critical so we can say, hey, you know what? Nah. And I think that the black community was trying to say that. That's why she didn't get the president nomination. But she had enough pull to get the VP? Uh, I think that actually... That that I think that that has more to to say as to why people were voting anti Biden Harris than rappers. I think that the uptick in African support for Trump has more to do with people who don't trust Biden Harris than it has to do with the iconoclast telling us that we should vote for Trump. That's just and 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 I'm sure that there is a way to analyze the data. Or there, there's data sets that 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 can bring that 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 idea to bear, but I just we got to work on it. We want our representatives to actually represent us, you know. And and I hear a lot about that, and 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 that's why I even love that Corey Bush is in Congress right now because she represents an average woman more than anybody. More than I mean, even Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. I mean, talk about. Talk about someone who represents people. Like she has a really identifiable story, a relatable story. But Corey Bush, like that woman came from like talk about come from the bottom, man. Sleeping in your car, you know, taking care of shit and 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 still having the humanity to 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 do what's best for your community. Like we need that's the, those are the people we want representing us, really. Like I'm glad that she got her first. That was amazing. You know, and 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 we should look to cultivate a, a, a historic body of firsts with people who represent us. You know, representation is important, but so is the content of character. But alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and wrap on that. So uh, yeah, follow us on the social medias. You can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. You could also find me on Twitter at Kree underscore T and at Home Heron. You can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G sound. 
And always remember, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Have a great one, guys. Peace. Take it easy.